Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. Church is not meant to be a spectator sport, but instead a community where we can encourage and edify one another. Join us now as we finish looking at the seven benefits of working together as we complete our study in Acts chapter 18 with Cheryl Broderson. of Cheryl's message when we all work together. You know, silence is a gift. And to just go and sit with somebody and just be with them is really the greatest gift you can get. You don't need to talk. And I heard that study on a Tuesday. And Wednesday, um, my father's health really went downhill. And I went over there and he was coming in and out of a coma. And for four hours, my daughter and I just sat with him, mainly in silence. We said a couple things. I love you. You're the greatest dad. I can't wait to see you again with hair. Just things like that. You're going to be so handsome, dad. You're going to be so glorified. Your legs are going to work. You're going to build again. Everything you've ever wanted to do, you're going to do. I know you're going to fly. Please take me with you when I get there. You know, we just said those things, but mainly we were just quiet. And we just sat there and we held his hands. And we just were silent. And I think of, of Paul. He had things that were weighing on his mind. He had taken this vow. And, and something was waiting on the apostle as he left Corinth. And Aquila and Priscilla, they just go with him. And then they stay in Ephesus. And they go to the synagogue exactly where Paul had been, just following up on what Paul had been doing. We're told that they opened their house, that when Paul writes the epistle to the Corinthians, he says that Aquila and Priscilla have the meeting place in their house in Ephesus. And so this couple opens up their home and they go into the synagogue Which brings us to the next point that comes with community, and that is correction. The body of Christ keeps us from false doctrines and from false tangents. In Ephesians 4.14, Paul talking about the body of Christ says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness by which they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ. We are to speak the truth in love. We can never forget the in love. Because you can speak the truth, but if you don't do it in love, you won't be heard and it will be counterproductive. We are to speak the truth in love. So we see with Aquila and Priscilla that when they hear Apollos, they take him aside privately 
They pull him aside. That word, taking him aside, that phrase actually means to bring him into their home or into their hearts or to a quiet place. Maybe they took him out for coffee. That's what I would have done. And they just shared with him. Now, this is what I want you to note about this that they first commended all the good things about Apollos. Remember, Paul's not there. Luke's not there. So who is telling us all these great things about Apollos? These great things were commended, which will be our last point, by Aquila and Priscilla. They're the ones who took notice of all the positive things, that he's eloquent, that he's an Alexandrian Jew, which was a place of education and learning and the origin of the Septuagint, which is the Old Testament translated into Greek, that he was mighty in the scriptures. He knew his Bible, that he had been instructed in the way of the Lord, that he was fervent in spirit, that he taught accurately the things of the Lord. But here's the deficit. But he knew only the baptism of the Lord. He only knew that Jesus had come and been baptized, but he didn't know. I believe he even knew Jesus was the Messiah, but he didn't understand the suffering of the Messiah as Jesus took those disciples, Cleopas, and the other disciple on the Emmaus Road, and we're told that he explained the way more excellently too, didn't he? He started in Genesis and moved all the way to the prophet's And through the Psalms, proving that the Messiah had to suffer and die and rise again from the dead. So this is what Aquila and Priscilla explain more excellently. The purpose of the crucifixion. How it fulfills the scriptures of the Old Testament. And how Jesus did, in fact, rise again from the dead. And what happens Apollos receives it and he becomes even more powerful in his proclamation. We're told that he vigorously then is able to refute the oppositional Jews. You know, Paul, I think it's just had it. You know, he's shaken off his garment. I've had it. And so God raises up somebody who's fresh and new, like, I'll take him on. Don't you love that? Because sometimes I feel like, I've had it. Bring somebody young or younger. That's not that hard. But here, Apollos is raised up. Aquila and Priscilla did not write him off. You know, we've got so many ministries today that just write people off. Instead of explaining the way in love more accurately, they just dismiss, disqualify And they don't bring them in. They don't disciple them. They don't explain the way more accurately. They're willing just to let them go off. Oh, they're so crazy. You should have heard what they're saying to me. Well, what did you say back to them? Nothing. Why not? Why not take them into your heart and explain the way more accurately? That's what we're to do as a community. In the book, If by Amy Carmichael. Okay, every page kills you in that book. How many of you have read that book? Doesn't it kill you? It's like, oh, God. But she says, I think it's page 28, but I'm not sure. She says, if I withhold the truth from someone 
because I care more about my reputation for kindness and love than I do for their well-being, then I know nothing of Calvary love. Ooh. If I'm afraid to correct somebody or help somebody because I, I don't want them to dislike me, then I know nothing of Calvary love. There is a right way and a wrong way to do things, isn't there? We're not to come in with our guns blazing, like, you did it wrong. We're to show them the love. We're to tell them all the things that they're doing right. And we're to enhance one another by correction. It's the way we do it and the why that we do it. We're to do it for the community of Christ. And what an asset Apollos became. There's so many young women out there that just need to know the the way of the Lord more accurately. They just need to know. I remember a woman in our church, and you know, we used to in Vista, we were right next to Camp Pendleton. So some of these young girls would come in, and, and some of them had raised themselves. And I remember there was one precious woman who would come in with fishnet hose and hot pants. This is the story I told in England that got me in trouble. But um, fishnet hose and, and very short, short shorts. I mean, short, short shorts and bikini tops. I kid you not. And she was endowed. And she would come in on Sunday mornings like, hey, praise the Lord. And she'd want to give everybody a hug. And you're just like, oh. And, you know, somebody came to me and said, Cheryl, you're the pastor's wife. You need to talk to her. And I said, "Um, you know what? I've got little children right now. Um, I think so-and-so would be so perfect at that. And so so so-and-so went to this woman and just said, could I have a word with you? And she said, you have one of the best figures I have ever, ever seen. God has endowed you absolutely beautifully. But your endowment is for your husband that God gave you. And we don't want other men seeing that because we want other men to be enraptured with their wives. And honey, I'm afraid when they see you, they might start thinking about you and not their honeys that Jesus gave them. And who do you want them thinking of? You or their honeys? And she's like, oh, I want them thinking of their honeys. And she said, good girl. And then she said, you know what? I don't have a mother. Would you be my mother? And this woman said, honey, I would absolutely love to. And such a bond came between those two. And I'll tell you, the fishnet hose and the short shorts were gone. And, and she came and she became part of the women's ministry, Miss Fishnet. And it was just, you know, then we made her the modest patrol, you know, because she could do it in grace, having been there herself. But it was just like this amazing story. Because she did it in love. Because she was able to commend what was good. Beautiful legs. Wow. Able to commend what was good. We need to be able to commend what is good. Paul said that we've been transformed in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. That we may approve what is the good and excellent and perfect will of God. That's part of explaining the way more accurately. Approve the good. Approve the excellent. And just help with this other thing. Help. 
bless, touch, and in love. So they didn't write him off. They went aside, they took him aside, they took him in, they spent time with him. Now we see this commendation that Aquila and Priscilla and the body of believers there, when it was time for Apollos to leave Ephesus, they sent him with a letter of commendation. In other words, a letter of encouragement, a letter that said he is a follower of Jesus Christ and he is a benefit and gift to this body. As the body of Christ, we need to commend one another to each other. You know, as we commend one another, you know, as we share, I read the greatest book and it edified me. That's commending an an author, a a believer to other believers. As we say, you need to hear so-and-so's testimony because it will bless you. And she went through the exact thing that you went through. We're commending each other to each other. And what happens, we're strengthened by our mutual testimonies, our mutual experiences. You know, sometimes I have these people that mean so much in my life. And when they're leaving because they have to move someplace, I tell you, sometimes I want to send them with a little note with a safety pin. You know, like they did in kindergarten with you because we were old enough that they sent with, instead of post-it notes, we had the safety pin things because they knew that you didn't get the safety pins. I think they knew what kind of kid I was. You know, my parents would get them all crumpled up and, you know, they'd be like, Cheryl, what is this? Cheryl, you didn't tell us. Whoops. So I was safety pinned. I think sometimes I even put it on the back so I couldn't touch it in the front. My little notes, it would say, you know, this is what Cheryl needs tomorrow. She's supposed to bring paste and uh, her father's t-shirt. So when we paint and finger paint, but you know, that commendation, I want to send people and say, these people are so wonderful. Please treat them well. This is what Paul did with Timothy. When he sent Timothy back to Corinth, he said, treat him well. This is what Paul did about Phoebe. When Phoebe was going, a woman was going to Rome, he said, she is a leader in the church. She has blessed so many churches. Treat her like the greatest saint in Jesus Christ. We are to commend one another. We are to build each other up. Paul, when he was speaking in Galatians, he said, they saw Christ in me and they glorified the Lord. We are to see Christ in each other and glorify God for what he is doing. Just the other night, I was talking to a young girl and I thought, oh, she needs to talk to Jasmine. And I got them together and it was such a great thing. And Jasmine ended up praying for her. And I told Brian, it was such a perfect prayer. It was just like, I I mean, I sat there and I'm like, man, I love Jasmine. Man, I'm so proud of her. Oh, what a blessing to the body of Christ. I feel that way about Glenda too. What a blessing to me. What incredible blessing to work with such incredible women. What a blessing the support board, the group leaders, you for showing up. What a blessing that we get this time to work together. As the body of Christ, we need to cooperate with each other. There's a lot of C's today. That's because my name is Cheryl. With a C. In England, they say Cheryl. But we all have something to contribute to the work of the gospel. The body of Christ is this, that we have church, was never meant to be a spectator sport. It was never meant just to be one person doing all the work. 
We all have something to give, whether it be companionship, camaraderie, correction. We can just be a friend, a companion, to be available, to work alongside, to explain the way more excellently, like Aquila and Priscilla. We can be like Timothy and Silas. We can bring back good reports. We can comfort others. We can encourage others. We can establish others in the faith. We can check on others. We can help others. We can be like justice and just open our home or our hearts to another believer. We can be like Crispus and just come to church and bring, be part of the family and bring our family. We can be like Apollos and be receptive to correction because there's room for all of us to grow. We can be like the brethren and commend one another and commend to each other those tools that God has used in our life for growth. We are Christ's body. We are his community. And each of you is essential to the work of the ministry. You are so important to the woman sitting next to you. Or some of you are sitting alone, so the woman down the aisle from you, or in front of you, or behind you. You are so essential to me. You're so important to me. Just to come here and see that you showed up is such an encouragement to me. You are such a blessing to me. I can't believe you guys came out in the rain. Bless all of you. I'm so thankful that we have a women's group, that we have this community, that we understand each other, except for the safety pin note, I got that. But for the rest, we totally get each other. When I say I'm afraid, half of you are going, oh, preach it, Cheryl, you're talking to my fears. We know these things because they're so unique to us as women. We're understood here, aren't we? I mean, those men, we're still an enigma to them. Even after 34 years of marriage, I mean, Brian says to me, Cheryl, don't be afraid. Like, that's supposed to solve everything? (laughs) You know, don't cry. Oh, yeah, like I could stop the waterworks, you know? He means well. He just, you know, (laughs) you don't have that control. But this this is the community. This is where we're understood. This is where we can talk as women and pour out our hearts to one another. This is where we're safe. This is where we're understood. This is where we're prayed for. This is where we're loved. This is where we're known. This is where we have a part and a ministry. Each one of you. We are Christ's body. We are his community. We are not to isolate ourselves. That is so important. Don't isolate yourself. You have a message. You have a word. You have a testimony. You have a commendation. You have something to give. Yes, you have something to receive, like Apollos, the way more excellently, but you also have something to contribute. It is so much easier for Satan. Again, the man who isolates himself rages against his own soul. When we are alone, it is so much easier for Satan to lie to us and for us to bring, believe the lies. Years ago, I was teaching a a college class at the Bible College, and I was teaching it on all about Eve. It was a 15-week study about Eve. It was really, I loved it. I don't know about them, but I loved it. But one of the things I did is I was talking to the girls. Um, I talked about how Satan lied to Eve and how Satan's still lying to us. And I had the girls write down 
three lies that they had heard. I said, go, we've got a week off. You're gonna hear lies this week about yourself. You're gonna hear lies about God. I want you to write down three lies that you hear. Or even if you just think they're lies, I want you to write them down. And I want you to come next week to class and I want you to share those lies. So we get in class and I said, you know, who wants to share? And you know, I'm like, okay, then I'll share mine. Because you know, they were scared to share the lies because they thought the lies might be true. So I shared my lies and they laughed. You know, I'm always afraid that I've got a hole in my clothes. It's just one. You know, and there were other things, you know. And I just shared. You know, I'm always afraid nobody likes me, that they're just pretending to like me. You know, here's, here's another lie. It, and I just shared my, and as we were sharing, you know, they were laughing at my lies. And then this one girl with tears in her eyes said, I think everybody really hates me. And I think like, I'll never have true friends. And I said, that's a lie. And, and these girls were like, we're your true friends. That's a lie. And then they're hugging each other and everybody's crying. I heard that one, Cheryl. That was my lie too. And it was amazing. And then of course, one girl, always the single girls, I think there's no one out there for me. Like he died when he was 12. And you know, and you're like, I, I, I heard that lie when I was 13 too. And we just, you know, we were able to share and everyone, and these girls were like, I heard that one. I heard that one. I mean, there was not one lie that like, Oh, wow, that's a weird lie. No, nobody here. You know, you're all alone in that. Like, no, every lie everyone had heard. It was, and they begin to minister to each other. And you know what the girls started doing? They started going, that's a lie. It was like so cool. And that sense of community. And we realized we've all been lied to. And as we begin to share the truth with one another, the whole class was set free. I kid you not. And by the end of the class, we were laughing. We were laughing and every one of those lies had lost its power and its sting. But you see, when the girls are alone, alone in their mind, not sharing, alone in their atmosphere, they can, you can believe the lie. It can get to you. I'm ugly. My husband's just putting up with me, but he doesn't really love me. You, can, you know, this devil's constantly lying. I don't know why it's always like this for me when he's lying, but this is how I see it. But in the sense of community, the lies dissipate. The lie comes to the light and it's gone. We need the community. As Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, he told the Corinthians, take that brother, bring him back into the fellowship. He's repented, now bring him back in. Lest Satan should come and steal him away. For we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. We need the community. We need to recognize our mutual need of one another. We need to pray for each other. We need to look out for each other. And as we do, as we do this and begin to exercise our gifts, we will be companions. We will be comforted. We'll be encouraged. We'll have that sense of community. We'll have camaraderie, shared goals. We'll have correction And we will have commendation because all men will know we're Christians by our love for one another. Will you stand up, please? Lord, here are your daughters. Lord, each one of these women in this sanctuary are absolutely adored and loved by you. Lord, it was for each of these women that you came and you suffered and you died. 
that you might save them, that you might take them to glory, that where you are, they might be also. It is these women that you have promised to deliver from every trial, from every pain, from every device of the enemy. Lord, these are your precious ones. These are your saints in whom is all your delight. Lord, we want to esteem one another as daughters of the mighty King. So as our hands are raised, Lord, as we surrender these giftings to you again, we are asking you to stir us up and make us active contributors to the community of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Each of us are essential to the work of the ministry. We need the community of the body of Christ. Remember the seven C's. When we all work together, it brings companionship, comfort, courage, community, camaraderie, correction, and commendation. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study with Cheryl Broderson. If you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply visit our website at graciouswords.com or call 1-800-733-6443 and refer to it by name, which is When We All Work Together. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, Cheryl will begin her teaching in Acts chapter 19 with part one of her message entitled, Wearing the Right Clothing. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.